Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode number one. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 109 live from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, I'm going to keep these intros kind of brief because I'm on the road. But I've just, it's, I'm recording this on Sunday and I've just finished the first week of the book tour and live podcasts and it's been insane. Um, I talk about it a bit in this on stage, so you can just, just listen to that. But, um, yeah, they were all sold out, which is crazy. I've seen around a thousand of you and had photos and had conversations and signed books and it's been awesome. So thank you so much to everyone that's come out. You can order the book, um, online. You can order it from, speechdevelopmentrecords.com we sponsor the podcast and we have loads of other good stuff there but you can also order it it's been made deal of the week on amazon which makes it actually cheaper than i've got it in my web store so that's cool too you can also order it from waterstones a few of the ones i went to i stuck around and signed an extra like 20 or 30 or 40 books as well so some of the waterstones so the birmingham and the manchester might have some signed copies in there but yeah, as you listen to this on Wednesday, I will be in Bristol tonight. While I'm recording it, there's still some some tickets left. I don't know if there will be on the day. And then tomorrow, which will be Thursday, I'll be in Brighton, which is sold out. And then wrapping it all up in Stanfordly Hope. I said I was going to keep this intro brief and I'm rambling on a bit. I'm going to let the podcast start. This was, was live in Edinburgh. We recorded it uh, about half 10 at night with everyone drunk so it was a fucking great one i really enjoyed the crowd i really enjoyed the questions and i really enjoyed myself and i had a couple of special surprise guests on so enjoy You're right. That's uh, that's how the show starts. I just walk on and ask how you are. Are you all, are you all good? How many of you are a little bit tipsy? Yes. Um, I'm really excited about this one in particular. I'm, I'm on a, a book tour at the moment and live podcast tour. And what the podcast basically consists of is you guys. Um, so rather than like a lot of people do a book tour and they pass a mic around the crowd and you get to ask one question then go the, the way I do it is I invite you up on stage and we have a little chat so the quality of the show is completely dependent on you <laughs> and the fact that I knew this one was on late and it's the fringe means you're all going to be a bit drunk <laughs> so I reckon the quality will be really or really bad but but in a good way hopefully um but I won't jump straight into it. Um, I normally have a little bit of a chat at the start because I'm doing this book tour on my own. So I've been spending the whole day just driving around on my own with no one to talk to. 
So it's good to just chat to you guys a little bit. Today I drove up from Manchester. I did some Facebook Live while I was driving, which tons of people told me off for, because apparently that's really dangerous. I wasn't holding it or, or doing anything, but that was fun. I got to Edinburgh and went to La Favorita, because that's literally my favourite eatery um, in Edinburgh. Because I really like their pizzas. And then I went to see a guy called R- Rob Alton. Have any of you, have any of you seen Rob Alton? He's amazing. And it was like, it was his first, it's, the, it's on the free fringe. He's at the Banshee Labyrinth each day, four till five. I've just, I've done an advert unintentionally. Um, but he had, a, he, he had a cue that to turn people away. It was, it was really good. And he made me cry a little bit. So I've already had a little cry today. So that's good. There's only been one of the Q&As that has made me cry so far on the tour, so try your best. <laughs> see what you got. Um, how many of you came to see my Fringe show last time I was up here in 2013, I want to say? Yeah. Some, some, that's good. For those who didn't, I've got a few copies on DVD available. <laughs> um, no, I adored being at the Fringe. It absolutely blew me away. I, didn't, I got some really good turnouts, which I didn't expect. In fact, I had a sold-out run. And since I'm only doing one night here and it's sold out, I'm, ca- I'm counting this as two sold-out runs <laughs> at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, and I just I, I loved it. I loved being surrounded by all of, the, all of the shows and all of the entertainment. And I was staying just a little bit out of town, so like a 20-minute walk. And I told this story at the Fringe, in fact, but not all of you have seen it, so it's okay. I'm allowed to recycle my stories. But um, I stand on my own. It can be a bit of a lonely uh, thing. And I was finishing my show each night. I was signing stuff and sticking around as long as I could. And then I was leaving. It was only on the third night. It was on a Thursday. I, I was leaving, and I received a wolf whistle. Which, yeah, that's how they go, which is always... Always a nice compliment. Um, turn round, actual wolf. Um, chased me for six hours, ended up sleeping in a skip. So, wasn't, wasn't as good as I'd hoped. Wasn't quite the fun that I had in mind. Um, other things I've done on this tour so far, I, I went to the midnight showing of Suicide Squad the other day. Anyone else seen it? I'm not going to sh- sh- shit on it, but I didn't, didn't rate it that much. But there's, there's a reason I'm telling you about this. Was For those who listen to the podcast, I, I've been sponsored in the past by Odeon. And they gave me this uh, a limitless card, which means I can see as many films as I want. And then they gave me another one, because they were like, Pip's a man about town. He's going to want to take a lady. <laughs> maybe make out. Maybe sh- share some popcorn and then hands touch and electric... Um, and then go home and, uh, and, and, and be appalling. Um, and I used both cards for the midnight showing of Suicide Squad so that I would have an empty seat next to me. Because <laughs> I like to have space in the cinema. And I normally go in the daytime. And I was so pleased that I was like, yeah, that's not what you had in mind, Odeon. But it was fucking sweet. I just put my coat there and my sweets... I'm going to use that all the time like that. Just have an empty seat. It's beautiful. And then I did Manchester last night. And Sam from Game of Thrones was there. Seriously, how distracting do you think that was when I'm doing um, 
a gig or, or chat. I just, every time he laughed, I was like, yes, that bit, that bit worked. That was really pleasing. And it wasn't until I was in my hotel room that it occurred to me, is he a fan or... And he was genuinely there. This isn't just a joke, but or was it just that it was in, it was in a library? <laughs> and obviously he's well into that shit, isn't he? He's like all about it. So I'm hoping he's actually into my stuff and came to hear me chat. As I said, the way this will work is I'll just kind of ask people and you can put your hand up and then if you want, then I'll pick you and you can come up. Not yet, sir. I'll pick you and then you can come up and have a little chat. I was going to try and think of some subjects to have off, off guards, but any, anything you want, any questions you want. It doesn't have to be a question. It can just be a discussion. You can tell me something about yourself, not including the time and venue of your fringe show. <laughs> Can't just come and promo up here, which is every open mic at the fringe, obviously. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to bring a couple of guests up for a bit of chat to loosen you all up. Is that all right? Ladies and gentlemen, um, performing every day at the Stand in the Square at 1.30, welcome Mr. Sage Francis and Mr. B. Dolan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. How you guys doing? Hey, buddy. As a, you're American, aren't you? Yeah. All the way. Real life Americans is... is Our accent you, is nice. What do you want right? to know? Yeah. <laughs> um... How are you finding Edinburgh and the Fringe in general? This is well. This is both our first time here. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> Americans don't understand it. No, um, he B Dolan was like Fringe. We should do it. I was like, all right. And then I don't was, know what it is either, though. Yeah, but then he was like, you got to watch a DVD because like every day, then we got to promote and hand out flyers. I'm like, I'm not doing any yeah. of that shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, good luck. Good luck doing all the promo for our show because I'm, I'm going to like work on music. Yeah. <laughs> it is because is we all know about the fringe. It's really normal. But then when you realize that it's like a tour, but without leaving the room and you guys, like I mentioned it to you and you were like, I mean, we've always had strong support in Scotland, but I don't know if we've got enough for like 20 shows. Yeah. And I was like, it's not, there's probably not going to be any Scottish people there some days. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really what it is. So I don't know. To me, it's like, well, why aren't, why doesn't everyone tour like that? Just go, all of you just come to me. That was my, that was my retirement plan. It was yeah. like, I've toured my whole life. But then I'm going to get to a point where I just play in the same place and everyone comes to me. Yeah. So this is a taste of that. It's the dream. But what's weird is like I know there's people come into our show who aren't fans of us at all. They don't know our material. They saw a poster with cartoon figures on it. It's very cartoonish and probably misleading. I don't know if... And we've offended some people heavily. Already? Yes. Sick. Yeah. Word will spread of that offense. But it's good because you can develop the show over the course of the day. Like it's going to get refined yeah and like the it first, has to the first yeah. one was awful right the second one the first one like i did the joan of arc had a dildo named jesus like the second all the hits that was like <laughs> <laughs> that was like the second poem on the first day and yeah. it was like a kid and but today we moved it into a sweet spot he left the... a man yeah he left what happened what happened What's that? <laughs> Trump. I don't understand your language, he said sir. Some, he said Trump. <laughs> something Trump. Something Trump. about Trump. Something, something Trump. Well, today we were thinking about Trump, and we were like, well, what I said was, 
You know how Hitler like really ruined that mustache? <laughs> well, the truth is probably nobody had that mustache except Hitler. Like we think, oh, he, everyone should have probably had that mustache yeah. until he had it. But no, because in like 50 years from now, people are going to be like, Trump really ruined that haircut. <laughs> like <laughs> thinking everyone had that kind of hair, but it was just like one. Trump, we, Trump hair. Oh, I got to go fucking Trump and hair. And that's now when you have Trump hair, that means you're a racist. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> that's brilliant that that, that 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 hair could be the icon of racism yes. now as a Hitler he's, mustache is. Because you he, have a British guy that has that same fucking hair. And he's a dumb racist. And he's a yes. dumb racist. Too. That's crazy. It's amazing. What I are did, the fucking odds? I did, I did adore it when so many Brits were like looking at America and saying how stupid that you're letting this reality TV guy essentially get power with crazy hair. And we've got Boris Johnson who was on a load of panel shows and is oh. now our foreign secretary. <laughs> he wanted us to leave all the other countries. And they're like, you're in charge of foreign affairs. Like, Brilliant. Thank you, And you man. did it. You voted for it. Yeah, we did. We've got questions for you. Yeah. Not you. This guy. <laughs> it wasn't me, I swear. Answer. Answer for your countrymen. I'm sorry. It's kind of a mess. Who's more fucked up at the moment, America or the UK? America! America! Guns, guns, guns. Okay, let's change it. Knives. You got knife crime here. You have knife problems. Let's not uh, diminish knife crime in the seriousness of it. I would rather get shot than stabbed. I don't want to get penetrated by a fucking blade. That's fair. I'm going to change the question because I think it will change the response. Who's more fucked up, America or England? (laughs) See, the UK UK was a tougher question. England, you're like, yeah, they're kind of dicks. Fuck those guys. A long record. So, 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 how are you planning on refining your show? Are you going to bring a lot of, of offensive American isms into it? Yeah, oh. we're going to bury it in the. Bury we, the we've avoided that. We we actually we we've stayed away from talking about American shit or British yeah. shit. Like it, we're hitting on more human stuff that everyone shares like i we have an hour shared between us we're used to playing longer shows and we wanted to concentrate it all and have like the most interesting experience without us playing on cheap references that yeah. automatically will get a response yeah but i do think by the 20th show we will work every cheap reference into the set <laughs> yeah but we have to develop that like slowly and make yeah. sure it, it <laughs> you'll be sorry i'm going Cheap reference, or do we go out flyering? <laughs> Let's get some cheap references in there, man. I ain't, I ain't going out and doing that shit. Looking for a shitty blonde wig somewhere in Edinburgh. <laughs> so how are you finding a sharing the, the, a, a the stage? Because you've toured a lot together, but more your own sets and then a, occasional collaboration. How's that as a, as a thing? Yeah, we did a thing like this once before where we were on a spoken word tour a while back. And it's, it's fun, man. It's... Yeah, but we didn't we didn't like trade off poems. Yeah. It was it was still like one did his full set and then you. That's why our energy we we're gonna figure out a way because I can do a full hour set spoken word if yeah. need be, but I like to like tie my themes together and have you know just styles that like all match. So then when two people are trying to do that together, we have to really figure out the order of material, not repeat one another and like yeah. too much in, in what we talk about and still have it 
you know, accentuate one another's pieces somehow. So that is, that's, I think that's the most difficult thing we'll figure out, but we're also writing a new record at, at the moment. That's why, that's partially why I decided to do this with him because we'll be in the same flat for a month and that way we get to be together and write and then we can probably experiment with like the new material live. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to do too much of that, but that is, um, that was a learn to me, that idea. I, I, I like the idea that everyone always often says that art comes from like trying and tough situations. So do you think the fact of living together for a month is going to be a big inspiration for that, of the, of the pure hatred that will build? And... We have a really interesting flat, too. It really overlooks like a very main strip. It's on the main, the, yeah, 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 the main run. Yeah, it's, it was popping last night until like 4 a.m. Five, yeah. five. I went to bed at 5. The last, yeah, the last <laughs> r- relationship breakups were happening at 5 a.m. <laughs> I went to bed and like, don't leave me! You're not going to leave me! <laughs> That's where it's at. By 5 a.m., no one's yeah. happy. All the happy people went home. And it's just like broken heel, limping, <laughs> screaming, dead cell phone battery. I haven't seen a. sex on the street yet, though. <laughs> nah. the, but at the first time I, I played out here, I did see that. Yeah. And it's all hilly here. And after the, they finished having their sex, um, they got up and they're like, to an applause. And then <laughs> the girl just fell flat on her face and slid down the hill. And had to get up with full dignity after that and be like... Man. But I, it, that's etched in my memory. That's painful. That's painful. It is, it's, 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 it's known as the only... Like, the fringe is known as, as, as the only place that you can walk to your gig uphill and walk back from your gig uphill. <laughs> and there's no real explanation to how this can happen. It's just there's, there's no... There's, it's never the easy part. Um, are, you, are you planning to take in much scottish culture while you're here are you going to be going and looking around the the castle and the hills and eating haggis i want to go to the rose roseland chapel roseland chapel roseland 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 chapel uh (laughs) late at night i heard if you break in you might have a chance of finding the holy grail (laughs) we have mondays off so (laughs) (laughs) sunday night raid who's up for a sunday night raid on the roseland chapel dig tomorrow night Let's do it. I'm down for that. Other than that, I don't know. I brought my mom out here a couple years ago for her first time because we're Scottish. Oh, and Irish, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we I did a lot of the you know Loch Ness monster bullshit, and <clears throat> it's a wonderful tourist <laughs> trap. Doug, I don't know what to do. I, I, I really just want to work on material. and That's what I was kind of interested when you guys were talking about this, because part of the thing that, that a lot of people love is the amount of different shows that you can go yeah, and see awesome. and all that. I don't know if you... I, can't, I can see you guys not seeing any shows. Like, you know when someone goes to a festival and comes back and they've just stayed on the campsite? Like, it's a, effectively a camping holiday, but there was bands in the background. I can see that being your... It's exactly what our experience has been so far. <laughs> And I don't feel any guilt, and, I, and I'm glad he's down with it, because he's up there with a sampler, and I'm on Facebook, and I, we hear the crowd in the background. It's like, we're, we are part of this right, experience. Like, I, everyone sounds like they're having a good time. I'm happy yeah. for them. <laughs> I live alone. I'm not, it's like social situations. I got to get to sit on stage and talk to a bunch of people, but when I'm out in a crowd, and I don't know. And I don't it's have very purpose, crowded. It's, I, it's scary. I kind of, one of the other things I tried to really gently warn 
be about beforehand was, as you said, there's going to be a lot of people who don't even know your stuff at the gigs, which is kind of the excitement of it as well. It's that kind of, it's, it's not that easy thing of just, here's, here's my audience. But I kind of tried to, to word it because you're both, you've toured a lot doing hip-hop in America and just basically trying to say that it might be a lot whiter and older than, the, than you're used to. Is that what you were getting or, at? Or I more middle, and, and, and more just nice, like, like not as more, more middle class, just a lot of theatre types. You did a bad like job of communicating that. Yeah. I didn't want you to cancel. I didn't know thought that might put you off. <laughs> I didn't get that from what you said at all. I've been taken completely aback. <laughs> but, but how... It, it, do you plan to adapt your show as you go along for the audience, or is it purely more adapt for yourselves to get to get it right, to get that relationship right, to get it right to what you want it to be, or to get it right to potentially what kind of crowd comes? Yeah, I, I think we just are always interested in having the best performance possible, where yeah. we feel thrilled at the end, like, damn, we fucking hit on all the points we wanted to hit on, and it all flowed beautifully, and the crowd was with us the whole time. I also like... I talked about this, but I thought a good show concept for all these shows in a row was to figure out the most offensive thing to say and how soon you can hit that note <laughs> and get better and better and better at it so that like <laughs> you just know how to really piss off the crowd and then win them back totally by the end of the performance. Yeah, that, that is the challenge. full circle victory that every performer should aspire toward. Yeah. It's been, that's been doing me pretty well. I always remember seeing... Um Doug Stanhope once, um, yeah. uh, but it was at a Pim's Comedy Festival. So it was a very white m- m- middle class thing. And it was dope because I've seen him a few times with his crowd. He can say anything offensive and they get it because he's going to p- bring it back round or whatever. And I sat next to a real posh girl and he started on that side of the stage on this piece and she was screaming the whole time saying, you can't say that. You can't. <laughs> she wasn't American. It was in English. It was in England. <laughs> you can't say that. And just, just getting all angry. But by the time he'd made it round to this part of the stage, he'd brought the joke round, revealed where the punch is and all this. And she just had to be silent and just had to sit down. So it was that exact journey in one, in, in, in one rotation of the stage of genuine people were furious at the, at the offense and, 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 and sexism. That's what, I mean, it, it is a, if you perform enough times or for long enough, that becomes something fun for you. Yeah. Like when I, I got, I almost caused a riot at a Wu-Tang concert. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw a lot of things on stage and I got kicked out and I was never invited back. <laughs> like, I win, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, that just tells me that you've got a lot to, to build towards on, on this particular run. Either it's going to be this amazing thing where you get to develop and become this this awesome partnership and the and, and the writing works, or you're banned from the fringe. And there's not there's us. not many banned from the fringe, so that's got to be a that's got to be a high point. We'll, we'll give it our best shot. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming thank up and guys. chatting. Thank These guys are every day at one thirty till two thirty. Yeah. So who wants to be the first person to come up and ask a question? I should mention as well, we're going to have to split this in two. I know it's going to be you, dude. You made it very clear earlier on. We're going to have to, to split this in two because hopefully there's going to be a lot of discussion, a lot of you to get through. So we'll talk for about 20 minutes or so now and then we'll have a short break so you can get more drunk and then we'll talk more. So the good thing there is in the break you can think of what you want to say. But sir, would you come on stage, please? Welcome. Nice to meet you. What is your nice name? You. My name is Jack. Jack, and what would you like to 
ask or discuss. Okay. Woke up this morning, quite hungover. Yep. You've dealt and with that. I was being quite, quite uh, existential. Yep. So I was like, oh, oof. And I got this question in my head. Yeah. And it was, how many fluffers does it take to butter your nut? So who else wanted to ask a question? Was there anyone, anyone else that wanted... How many fluffers does it take to butter your butter nut? Butter your nut. Um, I, 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 I think that's one of... As, as with most existential answers, there isn't... Or questions, there isn't an answer. That's, that's, that's the point of the question. Good. If you could find an answer, then you may as well end it there. That's absolutely excellent. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, sure. Have you ever heard of David Walsh? Um, no, I don't think I have. Okay, David Walsh was like a journalist for the Sunday Times. Yep. And he wrote a book in like 2001 called The Armstrong Lie. Mm-hmm. So he was like, Lance Armstrong, you're a cheater, right? Yeah. So he also did a very excellent podcast a while ago on the Irishman Abroad. Yeah. And on the podcast, he talked about how he didn't have a job and he got uh, a radio job as like a commentator on cycling. Yeah. And uh, he had a he had an, uh, quite a, a, a troubling stutter. Yeah. Right. And he, But it, it all started with L. So anything, any sentence that started with L, like yeah. that, he was. So he had worked out his whole commentary thing was not starting with L. Yeah. But then there was this Belgian team, right? Everyone started with L on the Belgian team, do. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was a there was a very quite famous scene of him, like there was the, the Tour de France up 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 the hill, and there was there attacking, and the, he was the co-commentator. So the main commentator was like. Oh my god, it's unbelievable! Like uh, Greg Van Everman, it's going ahead. Oh no! And then there's like Stephen Big blah blah blah. And then oh, it's crazy. What do you think, David? But everyone started with L. Yeah. And he was just like, "Yep, <laughs> yep." <laughs> and then they went, "No, but I mean, I can't believe this. In 20 years of seeing the Tour de France, I've never seen this. What do you think, David? Yep. <laughs> but this guy was the the guy that took down Lance Armstrong. Yeah. And. Uh, what I would just like to say to you is, like, he took down, like, the most psychopathic sportsman of all time. Yeah. And he had a whopping stutter. So, yeah. keep her lit, big son. And, and, that sportsman's name began with an L. Yeah. So, even greater respect to that gentleman. No, it is, it's, it's really interesting, because I've got a, a, a stutter, obviously, and, um, and the way we'll often work it to get around things is you'll add a, add a letter to the beginning of a word, or you'll kind of mumble a bit. I you'll kind of go like... a word that uh, he said, so it'll be like, yeah, and then this is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll yeah. kind of... It's, it's that thing, and it happens live as well if you can't remember a line. As soon as you get that first line, you're kind of off and running. So there's a lot of things you'll notice on the podcast now, I've said it, that I'll kind of, uh, at the beginning, go, uh, as if I'm umming or, or erring. I'm not thinking. I'm just kind of giving my mouth a kickstart. That sounds sexual. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my language functions a kickstart, and um, yeah, it's kind of see, uh, uh, but yeah, that's kind of interesting how it works. Well, thank you very much, sir. That was a good thank story. You, thank, thank, you, you. thank you, thank you. How many flowers does it take to butter your nut? There you go. Thank you. Who who wishes to be next? Oh, the kid next to him. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to check elsewhere first, but you, we can come to you in a minute. I mean, this is going to be a short night. There you go, sir. Come on up. I can't see because of the the lights too well, but. It is. Hello, sir. What is Hello. your name? Uh, my name's Taylor. Nice to meet you, Taylor. And Taylor, and what would you like to discuss? Or um, I'd just like to say, uh, on the podcast, you have a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds yes. and kind of stories. Uh, and I noticed a lot of kind of like philosophies and mantras come out of that. Yeah. Um, so I just want to see if there was anyone that kind of influenced you or that you've kind of taken on from that. There's one that I'd kind of, I'd kind of been using it as a mentality anyway, and it's one that gets, gets quoted a lot. I had Ed Scrine on from, uh, from Deadpool and from numerous other great things actually briefly in Game of Thrones for a season as well. That's going to be a recurring theme. Um, and he just had, has a mantra of, 
why the fuck not? And that's it. And and his theory was he started out in film and he'd look at people and it's that awareness in film or in anything that, well, they need someone to play that person. So why the fuck not me? Kind of thing. And, and he's been successful on that all the way through. And it's particularly in acting, but again, in absolutely anything, any job role, any like someone can do that. And it's always, I think it's, it's easy to go, oh, I could never be a musician, a spoken word artist. Like, if, if you can tell me, if you can give me a reason why you couldn't be, then that's fine. Like, if it's like astronaut, then it's like, yeah, you probably can't. <laughs> like, you're 35, you're out of shape, it's probably not going to happen too soon. But it, it's, it, we kind of go easily to, no, we couldn't do that, that could never happen, rather than an actual a reason as to why, why that couldn't happen. So, so that one stuck. I don't know, I, of, of, of inspirational ones, I had a girl on called Ramel, who was a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and she came to this country fleeing death, and she wasn't particularly welcomed. She wasn't given asylum immediately. She was homeless for a long time. I think, I think it was for, for it was for years. I can't remember how many years. For some reason, in my head, it's, it's seven years. Um, she was homeless and going from 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 place to place, and. In the end, after attempting suicide, after all sorts of dark things, she was finally granted asylum. And you, you may not know, but until you're granted asylum, you can't become a valuable mem- member of society. You can't you can't work illegally. You can't study all this all these other things. And she finally got granted as- asylum. And three years later, she graduated with a degree in biochemistry. And that was one of the most inspirational things I'd ever fucking heard, man. And it just shows, again, it shows that, I mean, now more than ever, we've got that real negative look on, on immigration and immigrants. And the reason I had, had, had Ramel on was so that it's not just immigrants, it's actual humans. It's not just a label that you can put on. And that was just a really inspirational story for me to hear her tell us. It was, it was harrowing and it was unpleasant at times, but yeah. It meant a lot, and it was very inspirational. It made me feel fucking lazy because it's like, right, it's just, there's, I'm, I'm not living on the streets or anything like that. Yeah, I haven't got a degree in biochemistry. I need to, to get over that. Bit, I, I, I work, I graft. It's fair, but I dick about on stage and and and, and Facebook Live from my car. So it's not that much. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to ask or discuss? Um, is that R two D two? That is R two D two. It's the insignia on my. Um, on, on my shirt, it's yeah. a it's a brand called Chunk. Love it, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, thank, uh, and they should thank you for getting a plug in for their. Shirt. Thank you very much, man. Are there any other hands up? Right here we go. We're getting going now. The lady there, if you could come up, because I've had this the last f- few nights. I normally get seven or eight of the first ones are all men, and I'm quite tall. I've got a big beard. Look a bit creepy, but. <laughs> We're in a room of over a hundred witnesses, so it was starting to get insulting that women still weren't willing to sit next to me in such an open situation. So thank you for coming up. What is your name? Uh, Hi, my name's Keefe. Hello, Keefe. And what would you like to discuss or ask? Well, actually, it was following on about the woman, Ramel. Yes. Uh, What actually inspired you? You kind of touched on it to actually get her on a podcast. Um, I was actually approached by um, the British... A Red Cross for a project called the 
Long Road. I forgot what the project was called for a second there. <laughs> the Long Road. And I get approached for a lot of charity stuff and I turn a lot of charity stuff down because I think charity is used a lot. I mean, I was going to say in, 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 in entertainment, but in general now because of social media, it's used a lot as a badge of what a nice person you are. So if I choose to do charitable stuff, I at that point would rather do it privately rather than go, look, look, look how nice I am. And look how nasty all of you are because you didn't pour ice on your head. Is is that weird judgmental thing of charity had become at that point. But they approached me and said, look, we're doing this album and we want to pair, pair musicians up with a refugee, hear their story and then write a song inspired by that story. And I'll be honest, the writing a song part didn't excite me as much as the getting the honour of hearing their story and the chance to tell their story. So I kind of said to them, look... I'm not doing a lot of music at the moment, but I'll do it. But the way I would, would want to research something like that is I'd want to sit down and have a long conversation with them and I'd want to record it. And that's what my podcast is. So I was like, if it's okay with you I'll, and if it's okay with, with the person you chose you choose to pair me with, um, I'd like to, to record it and release it as a podcast. And doing the song, and I was really pleased with the song as well, but the thing I was most proud of was that 90 minute chat with just an inspiring girl. And it's amazing because she's a singer and she kind of partly agreed to it because she, she wanted to get some advice on the music industry and stuff like that. It's like, man, you could have just hit me up on Facebook about that. You didn't need to, to pour your heart out in, in this way. But with Romeo, and I've done another one that was on that on a similar theme um, with a women's a rehoming charity and I spoke to a um, a lady who was brought over to this country in, in sex trafficking and with both of them I was really adamant beforehand I was like look you don't need to go into detail on anything you don't want to I'm, I, another thing with social media I hate is the, the grief porn that we have when people post the the details of a court case or something it's like you know you know the dude from The Lost Prophets did fucking horrible shit and he's a scumbag. I don't need to read the exact details of the horrible shit. That's kind of... It's weird in my head. That kind of... It spins me out a bit. Um, so I kind of said that to them, but, but, but both of them, and particularly the second case more, she was like, look, it's not easy for me to talk about, and she was in tears. It wasn't easy for me to listen to. I was in tears. It wasn't easy for the audience to listen to. They were in tears of from what I got from the social media response, but she was like, but this fucking happened and we shouldn't just brush it under the carpet or ignore it because it's uncomfortable. It's, it happened. It happened to her. It didn't happen because of her. It wasn't her fault. So she was like, I want to put myself through this because it's kind of easy for us all to ignore it a little bit. And it's, it's one of the reasons I love podcasts because that one in particular... It was actually in collaboration with Sport Relief. And they're amazing, but they didn't push the podcast that much. And I kind of understand it. And it's what excites me about podcasts is this, this free media. And actually, I talk about it in the book. So it seems odd that I'm putting in a plug for the book I'm here to promote now on such a serious point. But it's one of the things I talk about in the book because it's, it's one of the reasons I'm in love with podcasts is it's a truly free media. And we live in a world now where... A lot of us are sick of the mainstream media and the, 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 the controlled media and the agenda-driven media. And the fact is, the openness that both of these young ladies 
had and shared, that that interview couldn't have been on the BBC or on the ITV or or, or anywhere else. It would have been edited in some way or or, or worked around because it was incredibly uncomfortable and at points graphic. But the fact that there is a platform that allows me to give someone like that a platform when they want to share that story just blows my mind. So yeah, absolutely inspirational. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank, thank you because uh, the Oh, hang on. The mic's that mic seems to have died. Is that the the reason I asked was actually I uh, I'm not trying to be a do gooder here, but actually I a year ago uh, read an article and had listened to various podcasts, including yours, mm-hmm. that inspired me to actually do something. Yeah. And with that, I've become very involved in the current refugee crisis. That's great. And it's stories like that. Your podcast yeah. actually helped inspire me. So thank That's you. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your work. Cheers. Who is next? I saw a hand up around here somewhere. Are you, are you sir, in the Dark Bunny Tees t-shirt? What is your name and what would you like to discuss? Well, my mother calls me Gordon and everyone else calls me G. Okay, Gordon. Thanks, thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you like to discuss or ask? Well, first thing I think uh, I need to say is that uh, listening to all your podcasts, they are very inspiring, uh, they are uh, very enlightening, the range of guests you've got is fantastic, and I also think that um, it, it sparked a seed in my head as well to go back to some of the things I was doing when I was a lot younger, I'm cool. not a young man just now, but really trying to think of all the things that, that were going around my head when I was younger, trying to become a little bit more uh, artistic and creative. And it started getting me going back to that again. That's good. So, That's great. It, it's, it, 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 it kills me that the word childish is an insult or seen as a negative thing. I think some of the happiest and loveliest people I know are very childish. Yeah. So we should all be a bit more childish at points and go back to that, that innocence. Because the fact is, I can't remember who I heard talking about this the other day, is when you're born, you are basically perfect because you don't yeah. have the consciousness to do right or wrong or no right or wrong. And then gradually, we fuck ourselves up <laughs> until we die. We, get, we gradually get worse. That's true. Until we die. So, yeah, going back to, to, to some of that, that thought process. Obviously, we get better in other ways as well. I'm not saying we're all horrible old people, but... Well, not all of us. But, all of us. Um, it, it is something that's made me go back to it, so it's... it's you know the, the range of guests you've had, great, the, the discussions you've had with them, it's, it's, it's sparked that back to me again. The question I was going to ask you was that, obviously you're a, a Leo. Yes, as, as I a, am. As a gentleman, as I am. So I know roughly what your personality is. You're, you'll be quite opinionated. Yep. Quite, uh, <laughs> and, and, and quite strong-willed. Yep. Has a, there been a Leos famously don't believe in astrology as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> So, my question really is, uh, has there been any opinions you've had or any thoughts or or, uh, ideas that you've had in your head when you've sat down with a guest that you've had someone challenge your thoughts or opinions on that and had those changed? Um, It's tough to say on on with a guest because it's hard to think back because genuinely, it's weird how I feel you remember something more if you've listened to it rather than if you're in it. Like, yeah. tons of the podcasts, I don't remember that clearly. And people will tweet me quotes or something, and I'll be like, the fuck's this guy talking about? Cause, <laughs> because they're there forever, and you can be listened to them at any point, but because of the intimacy, you feel you're all in that moment. Um, yeah. So I'd say, but I do think it's, 
hugely important. I'm, I'm, I love having my opinion challenged and changed. I genuinely think that's one of the most important things. I think we should be confident and strong in our convictions, but not attached to them to the extent that they can't be changed by those who know more. Um, I've, I mentioned, as someone t- tweeted the other day, that they want a T-shirt of me saying, and my, my brother's far more intelligent than me, but um, I mentioned my brother a lot, and he is far more intelligent than me, but um, my brother and this guy called Musa Okwonga, and it's Musa Okwonga. Again, I've mentioned this, and people go, so I've searched for Moose Rockwonga, but it's Musa, M-U-S-A, and then Okwonga, A-K-W-O-N-G-A. Um, and he's a writer and a poet and a friend, and they were two people that for a long time, if I saw something on social media or whatever that they posted that seemed to be against my opinion or view on that subject, yeah. I would read it immediately with the knowledge that I'm probably wrong on that subject. And it, it wasn't always the case, but in general, if, if, if those two guys had a view that was different, it'd be like, right, this probably, this, I know how reasoned they are and how well thought out their views and opinions are. So yeah, I can't specifically think of a, a podcast guest, but I, I mean, I loved having, one of the points of having a Russell Brand on early on was that we don't, agree on everything politically and socially yeah. and that was kind of the point because particularly at that point either he was on shows where people were trying to make him look like a fool or he was on shows where people were posting him up as a new messiah and i don't see him as either i see him as a guy that is a really wanted to make a change had some good ideas had some had some less good ideas had some real well thought out stuff had some less well thought out stuff and I wanted to sit down and have a discussion with him and it was beautiful because for the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes, if you've, if you've not listened to it, the first 10, 15, he's proper in Russell Brand mode. He's like, he's got some prepared bits and he's like, yeah. he, he, uh, genuinely at one point, and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I love podcasts and I'd never, on, a, on, the, on the kind of podcast I listen to, I'd never heard a guest go, if you wait a second, if I can just read you something from my book um, <laughs> and, 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 and then he, he, he read a section from his book which I was like this is adorable um, I'm loving this he, he had a towel draped over him and nothing else at the time I was in his living room so I was like wonderful go ahead Russell um, but then 20-30 minutes in n- no one can maintain that for that long and it becomes two blokes having a chat and particularly with Russell two blokes who grew up within probably 10 miles of each other and have a lot of shared references and shared social upbringing I guess so I really enjoyed that because, again, we didn't agree on everything. There was an... Uh, I'm not even going to go into that. There was an, an uh, annoyance that was to, to do with the press later on. But, again, it was just that there was a lot of stuff. Even on that interview, he kind of said, like, yeah, I was kind of being a bit silly about the whole um, don't vote thing because he said it so bluntly in this interview. And he's like, yeah. there's reasons. There is there, there are reasons that you could not vote, but I didn't explain that. And there are reasons that voting is really important, and I didn't explain that. And it was great to have him concede and me concede at points. And again, conceding can simply be that we're agreeing that our views are different, yeah, which is absolutely fine as well. Um, I am at a point, I don't talk a lot about my po- political views anymore, because I'm at a point now where I really believe that my political views have to be lived for me and are right for me. And I think a lot of people get confused. Oh, see, they're trying to stop me. The man's trying to stop me. Um, All of us have... 
one of the things that blows my mind on the on on the regular is that all of us have complex lives that we're going through and that's so hard for me to take in because i'm so inside my own head but when you walk along the street every person you pass that you don't even look at has an equally complex life if you think of all the problems you've got right now with work or with relationships or with anything else everyone's got equally complex things which man it just spins me out it genuinely spins me out but i get spun out by cameras as well that still blows my mind that it's like that's real it just takes that bit of real like when you actually think about it it's like this is real in the room and then it just grabs it and then it's there it's not there anymore because it's past it's just fuck i mean there's a lot of stuff that blows my mind but everyone's got their complex lives and therefore different political situations are right for different people it's why i understand when these dickheads with billions of 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 pounds think differently to me and my mates in essex of course they do they live a completely different life it's why i understand when justin bieber seems to be a bit of a knobhead of course he is he's got so much money and so much adoration and he's a fucking kid and we're getting angry about it we're like so furious at this this fucking kid there's no reason to be furious at that so that's a long-winded way of going that i've I've realized that my political views i found out what is right personally for me and i don't like to share them that much partly because of of russell in fact because russell is someone that i know if i was at college still in fact there were people like russell that i looked at and went i agree with him like for example don't vote they're all the same i agree with him if someone had come up to me and said on what policies are they all the same i would have gone well well they're well, they're just all the same, aren't they? They're fucking all the same. It's like, well, you can't say that if you've not done your research and found your position. And for me personally, um, I've gone door to door getting people out to vote in the past. I've gone to protests and, and, and walked the street. I've, I've, I've found my own political beliefs and, and voice and I'm loathe to share them because I don't want people, because I've got some kind of public voice, to go, yep. I agree with him. I've gone through my own journey to get to where I believe my beliefs are. So, yeah. I can't even remember what your question was, dude. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's one more question that's uh, it's more serious. Um, and my daughter would like to ask you it. And, yeah. uh, it's, what's your plan for the zombie apocalypse? Um, well, I'd be hooking up with B. Dolan and Sage Francis pretty swiftly because I think they're both going to have some good plans. Dolan in particular is going to have some, some zombie apocalypse plans. Um, I don't know. My main plan for the zombie apocalypse would just be try and make myself look as tasty as possible to get the fuck out of that game as quickly as I can. <laughs> just come and eat me, and then it might be cool being a zombie. I don't know if you're conscious of it, but I'd rather take the risk of what it's like being a zombie than a, a living my life on the run from zombies. I'm not that into life. I don't know if I've discussed this. I don't think I have. Um, I mentioned this actually on the live podcast. I'm... I've not got an issue with death at all. I find death far less scary than than life. Like I'm 35, as we said, we're Leos, so I had my birthday recently. I'm 35 now. And the thought of another 35 years, it knackers me just thinking about it. Like I've done a lot of shit in these years and it's I'm tired now and it spins me out. Like I'm genuinely, I get more spun out at the thought of, 35 more years how many more fucking episodes of the podcast do i have to do 
And how many more albums are people going to ask me for because I've not done one in a bit or whatever else? Or how many more projects am I going to get into that are going to then make people say, are you going to do any more of this other thing you did before? Because that's the weird thing with doing a lot of different things is some people like some bits and some don't. But again, don't even remember your daughter's question now, um, let alone your question. But yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd just try and get eaten up in the zombie apocalypse. Fuck that, that sounds like well, a nightmare. I'd we'll do just, some killing first. That sounds well, wicked. Well, just, get yourself full, just get yourself full of Haribo. Yeah, I'd get full of Haribo. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you. man. Thank you. I think we might have a little break now. How long have we, have we been going? Is this about the break time type thing? I don't even know what I'm going to be looking at. Well, we'll have a little break now. We'll have like we'll try and keep it ten minutes or so because basically after all of this, I'm going upstairs and you can come and get my new book and I'm going to sign it and we can all have photos. It's going to be beautiful because who the fuck else is doing a book signing at midnight on a Saturday night? That's just wild. No one would do that shit. So yeah, head to the bar for a bit and then I'll be back in ten fifteen minutes. Cheers, guys. Right, at this point, we had a little interval on the night, so I thought I'd pop up and chat to you a bit more and, and, and let you know that since recording this, or since recording that, but not since recording this, since recording that, I've seen Sage and Dolan's show, and it fucking blew me away. Um, a lot of people know that The Fringe, it can take a week or so to kind of hone your hone your show and act, so I didn't know how it'd be. I knew they'd only done two, it was going to be fresh and new, that they're doing it in the daytime. So I was just blown away. It's fucking amazing. Um, I really, I, re- I recommend you catch it. I've plugged it a lot on this podcast al- already, so you know what's up. But um, I can now say, having seen it, it's unmissable. Um, and then as they come down the country at the end of the month, I think they're doing Leeds, Manchester, maybe Bristol, and then two dates in London. So grab them tickets, because I think they'll s- s- sell out. In-, in London, they're doing the Edinburgh show, which is spoken word with kind of a tiny bit of music, but it's mainly spoken word and it's amazing. And then then they're doing a full music show as well. So check them both out. Um, on with the podcast. It's, uh, it's the same start as last time. <laughs> How are you all? Are you all okay? They wanted, they said there was going to be another 10 minutes of serving people, but I was like, well, people can get drinks quietly, can't they? I'd rather talk to more of you then stand outside for a bit. Is that all right with everyone, that we just crack on with it? Oh, no, 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 it's just because I don't want you thinking you can talk to me tomorrow on my day off. (laughs) It's not because I'm nice. I'm like, let's talk to them all now, and then tomorrow no one will come and hassle me. Um, I'm joking. Come and chat. You'd like to come up first. Come on up. I haven't even asked yet. Jump up, sir. I said, we're going to get through as as many as we can, and then we're going to go upstairs and I'll I'll scribble on some books and hang out with you all and that kind of thing. Hello, sir. What's your name? Uh, My name's Ollie. And what would you like to discuss? Uh, Two things. You said you were in Manchester last night, but I I could have sworn I met you outside the Banshee Labyrinth yesterday with my friend Andy Bennett. No, No. dudes. I met a dude outside the Banshee Labyrinth earlier today. How fucked are you? Oh, yeah, could be, could be, yeah. Because I did go to the Banshee Labyrinth at four o'clock today and I met someone outside. Oh, it must have been today then. Okay. Today, there you go. <laughs> that was today, my friends. Sorry, sorry. It was uh, five hours ago. <laughs> I've been flying for Good to see days, you so. again. How have you been? Yeah. I wanted to apologise because I didn't recognise you or anything like that. So That's um, all good. Yeah, so you don't have to recognise me. It's nah. fine. Cool, I, I had, um, genuinely, at the big Leicester Square Theatre book launch i wore a similar outfit to this um and i got in early and they were setting up the books 
and the woman from Waterstones were there. I was like, right, because what we're going to do, because I signed from on stage there, I was like, right, we're going to have the books available at the beginning and interval and at the end, but have them all the way through rather than have me come out and sign them. And she was like, all right, do you work at the theatre? <laughs> and I was wearing a black shirt and black jeans and I had to kind of pick the book up and go, that's, that's me there. That... <laughs> if I take my shirt off with that, because I'm topless. But yeah, so yeah, it's fine. Cool. Even oh. people who are selling a book with a photo of me on the front <laughs> don't recognise me. Go ahead. Cool. Um, I wanted to ask uh, what you think about poetry slams, um, how that's sort of affecting spoken word poetry nowadays. Do you think it's a good thing it's making it more popular or do you think it's restricting the, the hmm. form of poetry? And what's it's, your view on it, really? it's an interesting one because I need to preface this with the fact that I, I'm a big believer in the, 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 there being a variation of things for everyone, if you know what I mean. I'm personally not that into into poetry slams um i like i like rap battles i think that's made for that i think slams where it's comparing kind of the quality of your work like rap battles where you're this in the other guy it's fucking brilliant that's the point of it <laughs> but when you're saying like what's better um johnny hartman and john coltrane lush life or nwa straight out of compton it's like they're incomparable so just putting things under... Because poetry is as broad a term as music. It's not just poetry. Like, like there's, there's such variation within poetry. So, so much isn't comparable. So, yeah, I find slams a bit confusing in that way because it, it definitely pushes people towards one kind of poetry, to, to, towards a more bombastic kind of impactful, hopefully with some punchlines or whatever else. And that's cool. But uh, I don't know. I I I enjoy like seeing a really good spoken word gig, like um, Sage Francis at B Dolan at one at one thirty to two thirty over <laughs> at the stand in the square. But yeah, no. It, but again, it's genuinely if people are doing it, it's cool. It's weird because a lot of people refer like say Scroobius Pip, a former slam poet. I think I've been in two slams ever. I didn't win either of them. Um, one of them, in fact, I lost to a person I mentioned in the first half, Moose Rock Wonga. And it was amazing. It was, it was a 10-minute slam. And this was early on, but anyone who knows my music will know that it kind of turned into a, almost a greatest hit set of my early stuff. So I did three poems. I did Angles, which turned into the, the title of my first album, Letter from God to Man and Thou Shalt Always Kill. And these were three just new spoken word poems and people didn't know them at the time so it was the first time anyone was hearing any of them. I think it was the first time I'd done a letter from God to Man in front of anyone and that was my ten minutes and I came off stage and I was like fucking in the bag, isn't it? <laughs> like, 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 like they went down well and I was like, I, I felt quite confident and a few other people went up and did some really good sets but I was still feeling they, in that one they did a first and, and, and second type thing and I was like, I'm still feeling I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get a position. I'm going to rank. Um, and then Musa got up and did one piece that was exactly 10 minutes long um, that was basically the story of him coming out as a gay black man. And it blew my mind and blew the minds of everyone in the room. And he rightfully won that slam without any question. And I did. I sat, I sat there and I was like, the, 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 the joy and glee of, ex, of watching it and experiencing it lasted like 10 s- seconds because it took me 10 s- seconds to realise I'd just lost. <laughs> and I was like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. Oh, shit. 
that means that means I'm definitely not going to win. And I didn't. And he's yeah, he's an amazing poet. So yeah, Sweet. Cool. thank you very much. You so much. Cheers. Who else would like to ask a question? Young lady here. What is your name, and what would you like to discuss? Uh, my name's Tara. Yes. And I wanted to sort of talk about your acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to your birthday podcast Excellent. on. Wednesday, yep. and someone asked you about if you were going to get into wrestling, yeah. and like what your name would be and your outfit and everything. Yeah, really fun. I'll, I'll uh, proper like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so, like in sort of things like Deadpool and Suicide Squad yeah. and stuff, and now with your acting, if like a job came up later on and they wanted to pick you for a film, like would you want to be like a goodie or a baddie, and like what sort of powers? And I mean, there's so many good things. Like, a superhero uh, one would be great. Um, where did I, I, I answer? This one of the ones that wasn't recording or, or went along these lines. There's there's a comic book called Midnighter, um, and he was previously part of. I can't remember the group he was part of. I couldn't remember the other night either. But as soon as I read the book, I was like, man, if they ever ever make a film of this, I'd love to be the Midnighter because number one, he looks cool. He's just got like a black mask, and he really beats people up. His powers is basically his his brain is the most powerful computer in the world so he can imagine any scenario and find out so if he's in a fight he can scan through instantly every possible angle they could come from and defeat them but also he's openly and i mean pretty much violently gay um (laughs) and it's fucking glorious um and I've never seen that in a comic book. Like, he's got a different boyfriend in every... Or he's or not even a boyfriend. He's, he's fucking a different dude and kicking them out every other scene. Um, and it just blew my mind. It was fantastic. Not that it was just, oh, we're going to be comfortable with the fact that this superhero is a respectable homosexual. It's like, no, this dude, like, fucks brutally and uses people and he because he could also he's got this thing where he can kind of build these doors and teleport anywhere and he's like banging all around the world just different dudes in different little teleporter bits and i genuinely find that aspect of a character absolutely fascinating um no i'm 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 I'm, I'm a straight guy, but I, fi- I find that genuinely fascinating. If I feel like I'm talking about my mate Moose a lot, but I once I had I've got this either it's either going to be a show or a script that I want to write that is about about homosexuality in a way. And I sat down with a Musa and interviewed him. It's before I'd done podcasts, so technically it's probably the first podcast I ever did. I should f- find it and release it. Um, but I interviewed him about his homosexuality, and it was absolutely f- fascinating to learn just all the things I didn't know. To learn that some gay people are grossed out by by bum sex, or by willies, or, or just just all sorts of thing, and it's like in 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 this because you, I kind of growing up ignorantly in Essex, I thought all gay people like to have willies in their bums, and like to put their bums in willies, their, their willies in bums. <laughs> so, but it turns out, similarly to how some ladies enjoy or don't enjoy that activity some men enjoy it and don't enjoy that activity despite being gay, and it was there was a lot that was absolutely fascinating. The fact that most straight people, when they have their first sexual experience, it's with a dear friend or someone they've been kind of mates with and then they become partners or whatever else, or often. With gay people, it's often, because it's still quite a repressed and hidden thing, it'll often be more on the gay scene or on a night out and experimenting. And generally in those situations, it's quite a cold and purely sexual thing rather than this comfortable 
emotional thing. So there was a lot that I found absolutely fascinating, and that's what made that character really interesting and appealing to me. But equally, anything in Deadpool, anything in Guardians of the Galaxy, I'd, I'd just I'd jump at any of that shit. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Who else? Here we go. Another young lady here. Oh, sorry. I just tr- tried to trip you up. That's my superpower. <laughs> Tripping you up too. There you go. What is your name or what would you like to discuss? I'm Abigail. Abigail. Um, I want to know, when you first started doing like spoken word and writing poetry, yeah. did you like decide that your art was ready to share with the world or did you kind of just throw yourself into it? I kind of just threw myself into it. Um, I get asked a lot. I'm, I'm really distracted because I've just realised that poetry and pottery just sound exactly the same in Geordie. Um <laughs> Geordie, I'm a Mackham. Sorry, Mackham, sorry, sorry. I should have got the nuances, <laughs> sorry. Um, you, when you said poetry, I was like, pot, my pottery? How does she know about my pottery? I'm very private about my pottery. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a weird one. I kind of, I get people hit me up a lot online kind of saying, can you read my poem and give me some advice? And I always kind of politely say no, because number one, I don't, I've, I've never been taught that. I didn't l- learn poetry at school. I've always just kind of r- written. But the one bit of advice I do tend to give is when I've written something, I'm really excited for other people to hear it. That kind of means it's ready or it's good. And that's what I kind of say. I was like, possibly the fact you've sent it to me means it's, it's ready. But even more so, if you're... Like the gigs and that, I don't get particularly nervous because I spent... Ev- ev- even my early gigs, I spent a long time working really hard to learn all of them lines and be able to not just say them but perform them and not just speak them but deliver them. So the bit where you get to do that for five minutes at an open mic was exciting for me. It was like, that's, that's when they get to live. That's, that's the exciting part. I had a piece called Unspoken Word Poetry that has got a bit of beatboxing in and some other bits. And the reason I wrote it like that was like, this can never be written down. Like, you can't write the beatboxing bits and the bits I do in the structure of it. You can't write it down. So it was so exciting that the only time it exists is when I'm performing it, and then it stops existing again. And I didn't record it for ages because of that. So, yeah, that kind of buzz and excitement, I think, yeah, it was an excitement to share it rather than a fear or nerves. But equally, I played almost everywhere in the country before I played anywhere local or in front of any of my friends. I was far more comfortable being Scroobius Piff in front of strangers. Because again, it was a... I'm giving long answers again. We're going to be here all night. But again, it was the thing... What I did was I'd saved up and I recorded enough to make my own album. I put it out and it looked professional. And then I went up north and performed open mics and all over places. I I I was living in a van. I always performed in a suit and with a trucker cap. And the thing there is, up north, you see a dude in a suit and a trucker cap who's got a produced album, you think, he must be successful down south. (laughs) And I wasn't. But then I did it enough around the country that by the time I went south, I had a name and a following on MySpace and stuff. So they're like... So is that illusion of success by going away from where anyone would know that you were working in HMV last week... I mean, it gave you that confidence to just not be that guy who was working in HMV last week. This is Scroobius Pip, the successful recording artist. So, yeah, that's kind of my answer, I think. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Oh, shit, hang on. I've had my back to you guys all night. 
So I thought I'd switch it up. I planned to do that, and, and then I forgot. Who who was putting their hand up there? Um, oh, God, I keep breaking it. I'm going to go with the guy with the beard, and then the guy behind him, because I've, that's you. Yeah, you've got a beard. Any, anywhere you want, mate. On my lap. <laughs> I've got the same jeans on as well. Yeah. Are you close. cosplaying? <laughs> What's your name, and what would you like to discuss? So, my name's Kelvin. Hello, Kelvin. Hello. Um, it's honour to meet you, obviously. Thank you, and I don't know if it's honoured. Well, we'll see. To meet you there. I'll, 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 I'll let you know in about five to ten. <laughs> um, so, on the one podcast that really got me into you mm-hmm. was with Blind Boy. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of, sort of preconceptions about him. Yeah. And I just sort of want to know, is there any other guests that you've kind of, you've had preconceptions of, then it's just turned out to be just completely not what you thought? Not that I've had preconceptions of, but Blind Boy was one that I was so excited to do because I knew that a lot of people see the Rubber Bandits as this controversial, silly Irish band being talking about crazy stuff. And he's one of the most intelligent and articulate, just amazing, yeah, absolutely amazing dude. So I was excited to have him on and for for people to hear that. But another one like that was Zane Lowe, where a lot of people pull that face when you say Zane Lowe, go, huh, that guy off Radio 1 turns, but, but... the beauty of putting that podcast out was I had so many people go, you know what? I thought, I thought Zane Lowe was a dick, but it turns out he's just a dude that absolutely loves music. He happens to be one of the best live DJs I've ever seen in my life. But the great thing about that podcast was people going, you can't hate him after listening to that. Cause you hear him talking about the excitement of, of living in, 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 in New Zealand and his mum coming back from America with, three rap albums and he couldn't import any and just the excitement over getting those three rap albums and then the excitement of going to the record store every week to to see what new bits were in and to try and get new stuff couldn't order stuff just find out what's there and hearing a dude just talking about all that you kind of forget any preconceptions you might have had so yeah zane and um and and, and blind boy i can't remember if i mentioned this on the birthday podcast so it's, it's been a weird week i've just been doing these every night and it's hard to remember where and when but Ed Sheeran, I was, I was, I'm, I'm going to have on at some point, and I was meant to have on, and for similar reasons, because a lot of people go, fucking Ed Sheeran. Uh. But that kid sold out like three nights at Wembley with just him and a, an acoustic guitar playing songs that he wrote, and he's like in his early 20s. Um, and I've, I've known Ed, Ed for a while. He used to come to my shows. Me, There was a group called, called, called One Taste, and I'd gig with him a lot, and Jamie Woon was with him, and Polar Bear and Kate Tempest and Ed used to come along and was apparently into our stuff um so I've known him a little while and I know he's just a nice kid um and there was one point where I think it was NME had voted him like worst human in the world ever or something (laughs) (laughs) classic NME um and I messaged him just saying mate I know you're having a bit of a rough time with all this worst human in the world thing but (laughs) I just woke up and I went on google and they no, it wasn't on Google. It was like on the Hotmail thing when they have news on the MSN thing. And I was like, and there was a picture of you, and in front of you, no, to your right was Stevie Wonder playing piano, and in front of you was Jay Z r- 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 rapping, and leaning against your back as you played guitar was Beyonce. And I was like, you're a little ginger kid from fucking Norwich. <laughs> And that's just happened. So you don't have to worry about the enemy saying you're the worst person this year or some dumb shit like that. So, uh, yeah, 
I, I, I like the ones like that because what we forget when we demonize these people that we don't know is that they're people that we don't know. Uh, they're people that we've been prov- provided all of our views and opinions of them by the press, who pretty much universally we now have no respect for and no trust in when it comes to anything important, political, or anything else. We know they're lying and making shit up and fabricating stories, yet when it comes to Miley Cyrus, we're like, nah, yeah, they must be right. She seems like a prick. It's like, <laughs> maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But I mean, yeah. Do you think there's anyone that, like, that would, you would want to get the better side of He's maybe getting bad press now. Um, and he would like, oh, no, I, I definitely know that person, and that wouldn't be... I don't know. I don't know. I had Ricky Hall on, who's a model, um, and just after I had him on, he was all over the papers um, because he was asked in an interview where he gets his style inspiration from, and he said, all over the place, you know, like, kids, magazines, homeless people... And that was kind of then, like, I think Vice went after him, weirdly, and The Sun and numerous others, and saying, like, he's the real-life Zoolander and it's the dumbest comment ever. (laughs) And at that point, I really pushed the interview with Ricky because he's just a nice kid from the Midlands who used to be a mechanic and got plucked out of Topshot and became one of the biggest models in the UK. And he's not a rocket scientist. He knows he's not. But he's a really nice kid and he said a stupid thing in an interview that he was excited about because the actual interview was with someone like The Telegraph or something and he was like, like my parents, like, who are like a, a mechanic family and all this kind of thing are going to be so excited about this interview in, in the Weekend magazine or some shit. And then all that comes about and he was heartbroken. So yeah, I, I, I like ones like that where it's like, just again, it's remembering that, that these are humans and they might not be evil I agree thank you very much cheers man and it has been a pleasure to meet you I know how to work a crowd who who was over there there was another person over there come on up sir we're going to probably fit one more in after this or a couple more fuck it we'll go all night everyone back to the hotel hello sir what's your name alright I'm Tom hello Tom and what would you like to ask or discuss I was just wondering I heard you play guitar on the Natalie and Really a track torn. Yeah. And I was wondering how that came about. And is there any other tracks that you played musical on the about? Well, there's a lot actually. It's nice. Right. It's funny that you asked that. Um, um there was um a song by a band called Bush, which had right. a very similar guitar solo to the Natalie and Bruglio <laughs> one. No, yeah, that's my favourite lie. Um I, I used to lie to people on Twitter all the time that I played guitar on Natalie and Bruglio Torn. Um, the guitar solo and the beautiful thing now is it's on the wikipedia page um and it's not made a big deal of it's just listed like with all the other uh, musicians and that yeah i didn't play guitar on torn but i did play guitar on i miss you by lisa loeb um no i didn't know on that one on wiki as well amazing Ding, 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 ding. Oh, what a tune. Banger. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. So, it's, yeah, it's all a lie. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's fine. It's okay. But thank you for asking. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Cheers. Nice to meet you, Tom. Who else would like to ask a question? It's a young lady there. Hello. What's your name? 
My name's Gillian. Hello, Gillian. And what would you like to ask or discuss? So, just the previous point we were talking about there, obviously about Ed Sheeran being yes. a nice young guy in Richie yeah. Hall. So, part of my job is I deal with a lot of graduates of college or uni, but I was just wondering, would you have any piece of advice for people who are exiting um, education and entering in the real world? Um, I don't know. I guess the advice, again, kind of goes back somewhere depression on how long is left is that you've got a whole lot of life left because like when I left college I hadn't done or thought about doing any of the stuff I do for a job now and have been doing for a long time I hadn't rapped a single word at college I hadn't written a single word of poetry I hadn't hosted anything like I never did dead college radio or anything like that I hadn't done any acting except for like if I like I potted a ball in pool I'd act like I meant it. Um, that's a Mitch Hedberg joke. I need to confess that. It's, but yeah, I hadn't done anything like that. So uh, when I left school and college, um, I was doing in college. I was doing photography, and I went to uni to do photography f- uh, for a bit. I told you about how cameras blow my mind. That just, I figured let's look into that more. Something's up here. It was more investigative to find and figure out what's. Something's not right. There's some magicians somewhere that are involved in this, or a witch. A witch is stealing our images. Um, but yeah, I didn't end up doing any of that. And after that, I worked in a record store for a bit. I worked in factories. I worked in Pizza Hut. Still the best job I've ever had. Yeah, I, I, I worked a load of places before I figured out what I was meant to do. And one of my problems with our educational system can be that it tries... Not that it should be more blasé, but it really makes out that it's the biggest deal in the world, everything that's going on at that point, and it's not. And you've already got a propensity to think that, as you will know, thinking back to any teenage relationship you had that was the biggest deal in the world and now really doesn't mean that much. Um, Or equally, I guarantee that that most of your favourite bands or albums were ones you got into when you were around your teens because that's it we have that thing to everything at that point is new and is so so important you don't have the experience to realize oh that they make new bands all the time it's all right it's not just this band and then that's it there's loads there's loads they've made in fact they've been making them for years so yeah it'd be to kind of play it down um to calm calm them down a bit and basically kind of say look it is important it's it's a tough it's it's a job i'm not qualified to do is teach i get asked a lot to come and and talk at schools or do teaching and I've always said no so far because I like to be good at what I do and I think people underestimate what a skill teaching is it's a skill that not everyone has and a skill that has to be learnt and you need to get better at and it's one I haven't currently had time to put any effort into into doing so so yeah I'm not qualified to to find that balance because it is a balance you can't get kids too relaxed and say I don't matter (laughs) don't worry because then you have kids who turn 30 and go right all my kids have, all my mates have got jobs and lives now what am i going to do so it's, it's i guess it's finding that balance so basically i'd say to them if you, if you don't know how to answer a question just talk for as long as you can <laughs> hopefully either the mic will cut out or someone will interrupt but yeah i don't know sorry but thank you very much cheers and you were next young lady Hello, what is your name? Hello, my name is Claire. Hello, Claire. And what would you like to ask or discuss? I would like to ask you, what was, if you can remember, what was the first piece of spoken word or poetry that you heard that really made you go like, 
wow and kind of make you start getting into doing your own thing? It's probably just going to sound like another plug, but, but Sage Francis, who was up earlier, um, is one of the first people I ever heard that just blew me away. Just, 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 it's the first, it was probably Sage Francis and Saul Williams were probably the two where I heard spoken word for the first time. And I was like, yeah, this is absolutely amazing. And and again, there's, I think he's left, so it's fine. I can say it, but most times I go and see Sage because Sage is now a friend, but most times I go and see him, I'm hyper aware that half of the stuff he's doing, if he had a bad throat, I could do for him because I know it word for word because it, it's what got me writing and what inspired me and yeah and, and blew me away so i'd definitely say sage francis something off of the sick of 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 waiting um the first mixtape that he, he put out it had some spoken word on it it had a song on it called rewrite which was the first rap song i'd really heard that was vulnerable and that was a delicate and broken person and someone that had lost a girl, not someone who was fucking a million girls a night and not giving a shit. Someone who'd lost a girl and it had really broken him and fucked him up. And that blew my mind in hip hop. I was like, I didn't know that could, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know. And it, again, it did inspire me in many ways because it suddenly made me go, right, so I could, I could do spoken word or rap or hip hop because I'd always heard it and thought, well, I'm not from the Bronx or I'm not from there so i can't do that and i can appreciate it and love it but i'm not as people often would say it's changed with the podcast because they hear my voice all the time but people often say when they meet me go you sound just like you sound on record it's like that's because that's my voice that's just how i talk (laughs) i'm not going to put on a fake voice to rap in or a fake voice to do anything and so hearing someone like sage just doing stuff i hadn't heard over beats i was like oh shit i can i can have a go at this Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Who else would like to ask a question? I can't, can't really see. Are there any other hands up? Oh, there's, there's a hand up with two hands pointing at it. So that seems like an important hand. Let's bring that hand to stage and put a microphone in it. That's it, mate. Hi. Yeah, you're not staying. You've got your hoodie and your headphones on. It's fucking boiling in here. I like it. You didn't have much faith in this being good quality, did you? You're ready to bounce. Yeah. Anyway, what is your name? Uh, my name is Angus. Angus, and what would you like to discuss or ask? Well, you've got an awful lot of uh, really devoted and intense, intensely devoted fans. Yeah, um, definitely. That follow have. you on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere like that. And In the interacting with them. <laughs> I think I saw you once. I, well, I followed a guy with a beard for about a mile, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, um, uh, we, uh, uh, anyway, we... we read your tweets, we read your Facebook posts, and an awful lot of us feel that we begin to get to know you, and that must be a little bit weird for you. So my question is kind of about how do you interact with your fans, and I'm sure you could go on at length about that. But the thrust of my question is, you posted someone on Facebook a few months back yes. about how you don't trust people that pronounce the letter H in the word bumhole. Yeah. And most people in Scotland <laughs> pronounce that letter in that word. I'm just wondering why you don't find the Scots trustworthy. I'm looking around this room and I have no regrets over that statement or no cause to change my position. I currently don't trust a one of you. Um, no, yeah, it's pronounced bummel. Um, just so you know, just FYI, bummel. Um, 
but yeah, no, it, it, it is an interesting thing, and it's a weird thing because there's also complete control over what I put out there and and how I share. So I am very conscious of that. I don't. I've never really, or very very rarely, put anything about my my private life. And it's weird because the podcasts are every every a week, and I talk candidly, and I talk with my mates, or I talk with other people, and it's all very open, but there's still choice in there, and there's still having that ability to say, right, I don't, again, like, I don't talk about relationships or, or, or things like that. I keep that side of my private life very private. It's nothing to do with having a fan base, really. I've always been like that. Me and my mate Chris, who comes on the drunk cast, has always found it amusing that I've never been one to sit down and go, "I fucked this bird last night." Like, like he's 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 never heard any stories, and I've 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 had sex. <laughs> Yet one of my closest, so have I. yeah. <laughs> Look, if someone's going to follow me for a mile, I'm going to I'm going to reward them. Um, <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, I've always been. There's always been certain things I'm very private about, and certain things I'm very open about. Um, it's no, I did mention it before actually. I'll, I'll say it again, just for in this in this room. I had a realization recently, and it comes back to the first question and the the guy talking about the stutter. He's he's left. Fucker. Um, <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, it comes back to that, and if he was here, I'd give him a hundred pounds for tying this up so well <laughs> um, but I said I, I will end on this one it wasn't you don't lie um, but I realised a while ago I'm, 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 it's weird with social media because I really enjoy social media and it's been absolutely key to my career yet I'm not a very social person and a friend of mine recently was hitting me up saying that she was, was, was worried about me because I'm not a very sociable person um and i was trying to explain i was like it's fine it's like i'm i'm working a lot at the moment i happen to be working a lot from home which means i'm on my own a lot and there will be some weeks where the amount of days i leave the house are lower than the amount of days i don't leave the house (laughs) but that's fine and i kind of i had this realization that i think it might be in some ways to do with having a stutter which is why it brings it around to that first guy, because he talked about the Lance Armstrong thing. And like, I'm perfectly comfortable on my own. I don't spend tons of time on my own because I'm depressed and crying and listening to My Chemical Romance. Um, <laughs> I'll do that as well. But um, it occurred to me that I might maybe one of the reasons I'm so comfortable on my own is I do have a stutter. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my stutter, but it is a constant thing. It's constantly there. If I'm talking, I'm constantly either having to repress it or take some control over it, which is barely a thought now because I'm 35. I've been doing it a long time. Or I'm consciously having to not care about when I do stutter and not be embarrassed. And as you'll know from the fact I do a podcast and numerous other things, I don't get embarrassed about it. But still, there's some kind of work going on there. So when I'm at home on my own... I can properly switch off and I don't have to do that. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not interacting. If I am interacting, it's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's with, it's with words. It's, it's the only time I guess I'm getting to not have that bit just working away in, in the back of my head. Like, you know when 
your phone starts to go a bit slow and then you do the, the double tap thing and you see you've got tons of things open in the background that you weren't using. And one of them like you, you used like a month ago and you just haven't closed them all off. It's similar to that, I think. I think I'm comfortable being on my own because it's like, <sighs> I don't have to worry about that whole talking thing anymore. Because the talking thing is a massive part of my life and I enjoy it, but I guess it's a constant... Work. Man, I thought this down. I had no ending here. I was like, let's end on this one. And now it's like everyone just looking really sympathetically at me. I still don't trust any of you and I still think you say bum all wrong. So don't worry about that. But yeah, I guess that was kind of... that was I, f- I found that interesting and not in a, as a depressing a way as you're all looking at me as if it is. So... We're going to wrap things up there on that bombshell. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. I'm, this one is hopefully, if it all recorded okay, we'll be going out on Wednesday. Um, and you'll be allowed to download it and enjoy the experience again. For some of you, enjoy it soberly for the first time. Um, for some of you, enjoy it drunk again. Um, so, yeah, hopefully check that out. Um, I'm going to Glasgow tomorrow, and I'm hopefully going to release that one on Friday. Um, so... Thank you all very much for coming out. I'm going... So You're right, I'm going on Monday. You're right. I'm staying here tomorrow. Yeah, oh, actually, it's at the Oran Moor on Monday. There's still tickets left. If anyone didn't get a question that they wanted to ask, so I can, what is it, under an hour drive? I can put the effort in, you know what I mean? <laughs> so hopefully I'll see a lot of you on Monday at Oran Moor. Um, but thank you very much for being the last on this first week. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to go upstairs and sign some books if you want me to. See you all up there. You've been listening to Scrooge's Picks Discretion and Peace. There we go. That is the end of a long a long episode this week. We decided not to split it up because we split them into a lot recently and we're giving you another one on Friday. So so I figured let's just make this one long even if the file size is a bit big. We'll make this one long and then on Friday you're going to have um, the Glasgow date of the book tour. Um, So hopefully that'll be fantastic. I'm recording this intro on, on Sunday so I've not recorded that Glasgow one yet. But yeah, hopefully it'll be wonderful and you'll enjoy that. So I will see you on friday then next week we're gonna have brendan burns and a week after that we're gonna have marcus brigstock yes i've been getting my podcasts in whilst on the road and whilst up at the fringe so yeah enjoy them and i'll see you on friday